All right, Rabbi, say good morning. Let us begin. We are continuing in today's Mishnah Yomi. Merit Hashem, Brachos, Perak Beis, Mishnah Ches, and Perak Gimel, Mishnah Aleph. Brachos, Chapter 2, Mishnah 8, and Chapter 3, Mishnah 1. Says Mishnah Ches. Last Mishnah, second chapter. Chosun, Im Hayalikros Kriyashma Laila Harishon Kori. If a chasen wants to say Kriyashma on the night of his wedding, he has the right to do so. Remember again, this is a continuation of two Mishnahis ago where we learned the idea that a chasen is potter from Kriyashma on the night of his wedding, actually through Matzah Shabbos for four nights. Because the idea the Mishnah gave is that this is an example of Tirdah the Mitzvah, preoccupation with the Mitzvah, and therefore a person will not have the requisite concentration to be able to recite Kriyashma. Therefore, again, what happened, Mishnah says as follows, what happens if the chasen wants to recite Kriyashma? What happens? You know, as the chasen says, I can have Kavana. I can have Kavana. I, I'm sure I can manage it. So the Tanakhama, the first opinion of the Mishnah says, if the chasen wants to go ahead and say Kriyashma on the night of his wedding, Kore, he has the right to do so. In other words, the Tanakhama holds that, and by the way, this is the way Rabbi Gamliel himself conducted himself earlier on, two Mishnahis ago. He said Kriyashma on the night of his wedding. So the idea that Tanakhama says is this is a Ptur, while it is an exemption, it is not a forced ptor, it's not a forced exemption. So if you feel that you can muster up the requisite kavana, the requisite concentration to say Shema, you're permitted to do so. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, this is very interesting, So literally translated, it means, not everyone who wants to take the name could take the name. Now I will say it's interesting because when you read the Mishnah, you assume what does shame refer to? What does shame refer to? The Pashtos, the name of Hashem. But in fact, the Bartunura explains that that's not what it refers to. Instead, he says over here, Shame is the name of being a chassid or a Talmud Chacham. In other words, Rabbi Shimon is saying is as follows. To say that you're the kind of person who is able to muster up the requisite concentration to say Shema, even on your wedding night, is making a statement about who you are and where you're holding. That you're a Talmud Chacham, that you're a Chassid, that you're pious. And therefore, Rabbi Shemuel says, not everyone could claim that distinction. Now, again, this is not Rabbi Shemuel trying to be belittling, and it's not Rabbi Shemuel trying to say that he's on a higher level than anyone else, but rather it's just a matter of fact. Rabbi Shemuel says, most of us cannot muster up the requisite kavana in certain circumstances. So the average individual on his wedding night is going to be preoccupied with the mitzvah of consummating the marriage. And so again, a regular person is not going to have the right kavana for, for Shema on that night. Therefore, Bishikamil says, no, you can't choose to say Shema on the night of your wedding because Chazal said you're not going to have kavana. If Chazal said you're not going to have kavana, that's the norm. And therefore, again, Bishikamil essentially says it's a forced p'tur. It's a forced exemption. So an interesting machlokas. Tanakam is saying, if you want to say Shema, you can say Shema. Rabbi Shikam is saying, no, only specific individuals who really are Tamidi Chachamim, Chasidim, have the ability to muster up that Kavana. And for the average individual, we should not let them, not let them. In other words, they should not say Kriya Shema. So I say, so how do we pass him? So this is actually a very sad psak. So the sad psak is, the Mishnah Buddha says that today, anyway, we don't have kavana. In other words, we generally don't have kavana. We don't have kavana when we're getting married, not getting married, you know, whatever it is. So there's such a, there's such a diminished level of kavana. So therefore, again, we say Kriyashma. 
So a chassan, even on his wedding night, says Shema. Says Shema. So again, so the way we essentially pass is like the Tanakamal, that in all of these situations, if a person wants to say Shema, they do say Shema, because unfortunately, again, the ability to have true kavanah is so difficult anyway. If we went ahead and made the recitation of Shema predicated on the ability to muster up the right amount of kavanah, then what? Unfortunately, we'd be saying Shema very infrequently. Therefore, as a result of that, we always say Shema. Beautiful, I'll say Mazel I'll finish in the second parak. Parak Gimel Mishnah Aleph. So now, this is a different example. This is a different example over here of when one is engaged in the performance of one mitzvah, they are exempted from other mitzvahs. So in this case over here, a person has an obligation to go ahead. A person has a relative who passed away. So it's not talking about aninos, right, per se. That's a different discussion. But this is talking about a person has a relative who passed away. And the obligation of burial, the obligation of burial devolves upon that particular individual. So that's misha meisomutalafanov. If someone's deceased, someone's deceased relative is lying before them, pater mikriyashma. Such an individual is pater from kriyashma. And ultimately, again, the idea behind that is since I am tarud, since I am preoccupied with the needs of the burial, that's called osik mitzvah, pater mina mitzvah. Once I'm engaged in the performance of one mitzvah, I'm exempt from another. Uminat tfila. I'm also exempt from shmona esrei, from tfila. Uminat tfilin. I'm also exempt from tefillin, from tefillin. But I will say that interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the exemption from tefillin is a fascinating exemption as well. This also seems to be an osig mitzvah, patra minah mitzvah, right? I'm engaged in the performance of one mitzvah, so by definition I'm exempt from other mitzvahs. Now the truth is, I will say, it happens to be an onin, right? A person between death and burial is really exempt from all positive mitzvahs. Just the Bartanura points out, the Mishnah is only recording like the very significant ones. Ampata from Shema, Ampata from Shmona Esrei, Ampata from Tulin. And I will say, this is indeed halach So today, right? Rachman al a person loses a relative from the time between death and burial. A person is in a state of aninos, and what marks the state of aninos is an exemption from all positive mitzvahs. Now, here's what's interesting. No sihamita v'chilufehen v'chilufehen But say, what about the people carrying the funeral beer, right? The, per- the people carrying the coffin, the people carrying, right, the, the, the mace, the deceased himself. So what's the halacha? So those who are carrying the, the funeral bed or the casket at the time of the levaya, and I will say what they used to have is they would carry it, they would carry it in, in shifts, Right? In other words, they'd have, right, they wouldn't have the same piece. You will say, the way we have our Leviathan, it's really, especially in North America, it's um, s- someone, yeah, whatever. It's, it's interesting. The way we have our Leviathan in North America is, uh, is very much influenced by the way the people around us, by the way, just Gentile society does, does funerals. If, in other words, if you've ever been to a Leviathan, even, even outside of America, right, it's, it's done just very differently. It's done very differently. Even, you know, I remember I was once in a Leviathan in South Africa. It's done, it's done very differently. Everything is just interesting. So in any event, they're talking about literally carrying the funeral beer, right? They're, carry, they're carrying the casket. So what they would do is they would have a rotation, Different people would carry it at different times. So, chilufeyen, 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 eshilifnei amita, veshala achar amita. There are people then in front of the funeral beer and behind the funeral beer. Eshilamita tzorach ben pturin. Anyone who is serving a specific need in helping to carry the funeral beer, putter. 
Because Rav said the idea over there is that what? Osik b'mitzvah, patr min mitzvah. I'm engaged in the performance of a mitzvah, and therefore I'm exempt from other mitzvahs. Ve'es shalein, ve'es she'in tarach amita ba'en. Says ve'es she'in lamita tarach ba'en chayovin. Ultimately, again, whoever is, whoever the funeral beer, whoever is not necessary, ultimately, again, is chayiv. However, again, the Mishnah points out, elu elu piturin minat But interestingly enough, when we say chayovin, we're talking about over here, kriyashma and tefillin. So if you're actively osik mitzvah, helping with the funeral beer, you're putter from other mitzvahs. Right, but at the end of the day, if you're not needed for the funeral beer, then halacha lamaisa, in other words, you're not needed. You're there, but you're not actively carrying right now. Then ultimately, again, you will be chayiv. However, the Mishnah says, elu elu. Now, interestingly enough, elu elu means both those carrying the funeral beer, as well as those accompanying the casket, peturin min hatfilo, are exempt from shmona esrei. Now, what, where lies the distinction? Shmona Esra, as important as it is, is Dirabanon. Kriyashma and Tfilim are Da'oraisa. So therefore, again, if you're involved in the Levaya at all, whether you're carrying the casket or you're just escorting it, you're going to be pata from Shmona Esra. But Halacha Lamaisa, the only time you're exempted from a mitzvah Da'oraisa, like Kriyashma or Tfilim, is when you're actively involved in carrying the mace. All right, we'll, say, we'll stop over here. Shkayach. We'll pick up Amir Sashem tomorrow. Actually, we'll, I have to figure out what we'll do about Shabbos. All right, we'll figure that out.